every other person that I've had on, I've just like, I've known them in my past. Um, they're like close friends of mine. So it was easier to get the flow of like having a conversation with them. It's like, I know you, I know what I can ask you. And it was easier to kind of make a schematic of the conversation we're going to have. So for this one, it's going to be a lot more free flow. And I'm probably going to go into more of who you are first to get a better idea of like why you ended up where you are. Sure. So um, we kind of talked about your background, obviously like immigrant mentality and all right. of that. But I kind of want to get more into just, you know, uh, you know our origin story, kind of, mm. uh, where you're from, because I actually don't know where you're from, and then, you The know, streets. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Your uh, experience in high school and kind of, like, growing up a little. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, also, I think it's, it's, it's funny, because I, I watched uh, Hassan Minhaj's uh, special yesterday on Netflix, because I saw your it's, profile, it's and great. he said, it's... you're his biggest fan. <laughs> and um, I, I am a very big advocate of stand-up comedy. Uh-huh. Uh, but I never really gave a chance to him just because, you know, I never really had the time, I guess. But um, though it was a little less on the stand-up side, mm-hmm. his story and the points he, were, he was trying to get across were very, very just... It, like, it, it hits a spot, mm-hmm. especially if you are an immigrant. So, I mean, I guess... I could probably start my origin story with Hassan Minaj, actually. I, I, okay. I'll, tell you, I'll tell you how it ties in. It's, um, you know, I grew up on Long Island... Um, you know, we talked about this before, post 11 right? So that's yeah, yeah. like, you know, a pretty big kind of um, frame to which to understand kind of my upbringing. Mm-hmm. Um, my earliest memory was of 9-11 and like watching Spongebob. And it's, it's crazy. Like, like, it sounds kind of comical, right? But like I was literally, I remember I like clear as day watching Spongebob. And you know how Spongebob sometimes like they cut off to show like something else? Yeah, um, yeah. That's part of the show, right? Yeah. So it cut off and all I saw was this like, building on fire. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, I don't know what's going on over this here. Spongebob. Yeah, I'm like, I don't know uh, what's, what's going on. You know what I mean? Um, and I remember my mom, my mom walking in, and she starts crying. And I'm, I'm like, what? What? this is the most sad episode of Spongebob I've ever you know, seen yeah. in my life. Right? And like, slowly, I mean, like a four-year-old kid doesn't really understand, you know, you what's kind of going on. You were in on. kindergarten, right? No, I was even younger. I was probably like preschool or something like that. Because okay. yeah. for me, I remember it was, it was kindergarten. I remember school ended early. I believe it was on a weekday, but I'm pretty sure school ended early. My mom, same thing. She came, picked me up. So we need to get home right now. Mm. Went home, and she was like, kind of like, like hysterical. She's like, she doesn't know what's going on. She was scared. I, I didn't understand either because my, my older brother, he was in I think fourth or fifth grade at the time. Mm-hmm. So he comes home early. And I'm like, what is going on? Why is my brother at home? Like, what you know? Right. I, how do you explain a four year old child what's going on? Right? Yeah. Um, it was different. It just wasn't the norm. Like yeah. you, you, were, you already knew like kind of like what goes on yeah, as a child. Yeah. But then it was just like this was like so out of the ordinary. Some, something's even a fo- even a four yeah, year old yeah. can understand it's like something's going on here. Yeah. Um, and you know, hearing things like you know, I, I overheard my mom talking on the phone about like how you know someone we knew got like attacked in Queens and mm-hmm. things of that nature. Um, so anyway, like you know, you know, I started growing up, getting more perspective. I actually begin to understand what happened on that day. Right. Um, and you know we talked about this when we, when we spoke last week, but kind of always like not fitting in because mm-hmm. my, my my school is very like a very white kind of school, mm-hmm. right? Which part of Long Island? Nass uh, County, East Meadow. Okay. okay. Um, so right by Hicksville. Um, and I remember like going on YouTube, and this is when YouTube first like two thousand five, maybe right. something like that. Um, and these guys from California, these college kids from California, were making these videos um, like extreme Islamic makeover. And it's kind of like parody videos mm-hmm. that, like, we're talking about, like, lotas, you know, like, lotas, like, the, oh, what do you call that thing? Like, the bidet that, you know, people use in, like, Pakistan, like, India, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, whatever, right? Um, like, things like that's relatable to us, but other people won't get, right? Mm-hmm. And for the first time, I finally found something that kind of, you know, kind of resembled my experience. And the person who's making those videos was, was Hassan Minaj. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Really, in early 2000... 2005. He was in 2005, 2006. He was in college he, at that point. Yeah, he, yeah, he was in college, too. Yeah. Um, so... I, you know, I've been his fan since then, right? Damn. And, like, just growing up, seeing him, like, get this thing and this and this thing. Um, and then two, three years, like, maybe, you know, 2010 or whatever, I, from 2010 to 2012, I didn't really see much of him. I'm kind of, you know, going through my own kind of stuff, mm-hmm. you know, whatever, my own life. And all of a sudden, I'm just, like, going to the Daily Show, and I see Hasan Minhaj, and I'm like, yeah. damn, bro, like, we out here. <laughs> like, I think those few years that you didn't see him was probably the years he was doing stand-up. Because yeah. in, in his uh, special, he talks about like how he was going, you know, state to state right. and you know, going everywhere to do shows and such. It's probably those two years where yeah. he doing that. And then seeing that, and it was so crazy because, like, I felt like I was on The Daily Show. Right. You see what I'm saying? Because like, <laughs> it, you know what I mean? Like, I was like, damn, bro. Like, because I felt the energy. Yeah, because I relate to this there. guy. Yeah. Like, you know, I don't like John Stewart's really funny. Don't get me wrong, he's mm-hmm. fantastic. 
but like I don't really relate to him. He's a different background. A different background, you know what I mean? Like, and seeing Hassan Minhaj, I was like, bro, that's dope. Mm-hmm. And I kind of like realized, started realizing, I'm like, you know, I kind of want to be what he is mm-hmm. to me for someone coming up right now, right? Which is kind of a lofty goal. I don't think I'm gonna become like Hassan Minhaj, right? But hey, you never know. Yeah, I mean, you never know. <laughs> but like, um, I guess that's kind of my origin. So right. and kind of why I want to do stuff about, like this stuff about, like I want to go into politics and you know like acting and music because I kind of want to you know show that you know our place I mean by our, our I mean like Muslim or South Asian mm-hmm. place is wherever we want it to be wherever we want it to be yeah. right and that's that's actually a big thing that I felt while I was watching it last night was that personally um, like I've I've seen a lot of stand up I'm a huge you know stand up advocate I love it and his you know the first thirty minutes I. I at first, it was a little weak to me, and you know, no disrespect. It was mm-hmm. great. It was a great special, but in terms of like stand up, in terms of comedy, like humor, it wasn't you know as funny as a lot of the other stand ups I saw. But then, as it kept going, I realized it wasn't just a stand up. It was him explaining. Life story. The, yeah, it was his life. It was him explaining his life story in the form of uh, stand up. It was just it was a, fac- a facet for him to get his story out there. And as you know, it kept going. As it got closer to ending, I was like, oh my god, like. Like, though it's not necessarily funny, like, I, like, you know, again, coming from the same background of, like, a immigrant family, you know, Muslim family, I felt, like, the energy. Like you said, you kind of felt like you were him. Mm-hmm. Like, him being on the stage, I was like, holy crap. Like, I, if I, I really wanted, I, I could have, I could right. do that. Like, you right. know, like, I mean, if he can get there, I mean, any, anyone can get, yeah. get there. And it was weird because he was one of the, he's, realistically, like, he is one of the first guys that I've seen that comes from such a similar background. Yeah. And he's like so accomplished in the you know creative world, and like it was it, like I felt that, and it was really really weird. Like if you see my um, my background on my phone, it's yeah, literally, yeah, it's literally it's, 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 <laughs> um, you know, you're right, hundred percent. But uh, yeah, it's it's crazy, and I think it's I think people are I think it's more common now for it to happen. I think people are are it's getting better, but mm. there's still a lot of progress to be made. I mean, he's one of the first, but there's that just goes to show there's many more to come. Um, but yeah, it's it's. I think it's a good role model to have, definitely. But also, I'm excited for the next 20, 30 years of uh, America, pretty mm-hmm. much, right? Because our society is getting much more diverse. Right. And also, like, today's Hasan Minhaj, right? Tomorrow might be you, might be me, might be right. whoever else. Right. Right? And, like, for us growing up, we didn't have those figures in our life, right? But our kids definitely will. Yeah, that's that's, that's dope. That that's gets, dope. That gets you. It's just, you know, you, you know you'll have someone to look yeah. up to. I was um I was watching a vlog earlier today. I'm not really that big on vlogs, but I like watching videos by uh, Rob Lipset. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's a fitness guy on YouTube, and he was talking about how when he first started off doing YouTube videos and such, he was looking up to another guy named Steve Cook, and it's just like you know, like he had that role model, someone very similar mm-hmm. who you know got started from nothing and ended up somewhere, and that like drove him. But again, like we said, those similarities kind of have to be there for you to relate on a different level. Mm-hmm. So it's really important. Um, so for you, when do you think you kind of you know got the itching or the drive to start shifting over to more creative mm-hmm. work? Because I know you know coming from our families, and mm-hmm. this is like really repetitive, but it's it's so true. Is that like our parents you know push, and we talked about this last week. We yeah. push the whole like it's you know STEM background, mm-hmm. uh, doing something hard, science, mm-hmm. math, whatever it may be, focusing on your career path and nothing else. Um, so like, when do you start, uh, or when did it start kind of occurring to you that that wasn't the, the best past what's what's funny is that growing up um i was never like i guess like diagnosed with speech impediment but mm-hmm. i always had like problems talking okay like i spoke really fast i started stuttering even right now you can probably hear a little bit of that remnant um so i was always scared to speak mm-hmm. it's like growing up because i mean like one i was getting bullied for when i, when I did speak i'd get bullied for being whatever brown whatever and two they bullied me for not being able to speak properly mm-hmm. right so it's like a double whammy right um and i remember getting into high school and i'm like listen like like, why should I let other people define me, mm-hmm. right? And why not try to improve myself? So, like, I would try to find, you know, public speaking opportunities just so I can, like, get better. And, like, the first couple times it was garbage, right? Because I couldn't, you know, say two words out of my mouth. But I got better and better. And I started realizing, I'm like, you know, m- my parents are doctors. My brother's a doctor, right? Really? That's, yeah. So Everyone like, in your family? Yeah, pretty much. Do you have, you have one sibling only? I have a younger brother. He's becoming a, okay. he wants to become a doctor, too. He's so. Okay. Um, so you're the outlier. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I have a, you know, a great amount of respect for, you know, doctors and engineers mm-hmm. and these kind of things. But for me, I was always, like, I was so intrigued with, like, storytelling. Right. I think that's what it comes down to, right? Like, because Hasan Minhaj um, special, right? It, the Homecoming King is all just a coming-of-age story. Yeah. That's all it is. Him, you know, get, going to, out 
for problem with a white girl and, mm-hmm. and, and her dating him at the last second. Yeah. Um, it's nothing out of the ordinary. Yeah. But it's the, the way the he way tells it. The way he tells it. Yeah. Right? And for me, I'm like, you know, I could have used that 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. Right? I could have used that when I was 10 years old and, you know, that kid was bullying me and calling me Osama and these kind of things. Right? And, and I it's really, crazy that you had to deal with that in, in, in Hicksville because... Yeah. I mean, Hicksville's not that well, it's, far. It's metal, but like it's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. But it's like that's not that far from from New York City, Queens. Like, no, it's not. From my background, it's like I, I grew up in Queens, mm-hmm. and like, yeah, I, I did deal with you know little bits of, of racism, but it was never it was never that bad. I mean, my my schools were relatively diverse. Uh, we had people from South Asian descent, people from the Caribbean, Guyanese, Trinidadian people, Probably Indian people, too. sick people, yeah. um, and like. I, th- I feel like I, to that extent I've never dealt with it well, and I, I, I think there's a piece of history we should discuss which is that the town next to me Levittown mm-hmm. was the first suburb in all of America oh, so after World War II so... the, all, all the GIs um, got houses in mm-hmm. Levittown and East Meadow and Hicksville these kind of towns right um, and there was actual institutionalized racism right so what do I, what do I mean by that there was a guy by the name of Robert Moses Okay. And he, unlike the actual Moses, was a little bit of racist, right? Um, but he developed the bridges and highways and these kind of things. So if you... Do you drive? Uh, yes and no. Not not often, but okay. yes. So there are highways, of course, on Long, on Long Island, mm-hmm. right, of course. Their bridges are very low. I'm talking about maybe like 8 feet, 9 feet. Okay. Right? The reason for that being the case is when... So let me backtrack a little bit, right? World War Two happens, right? And this also comes at the same time as a lot of black Americans move their way up, right? Like, okay. they, they move from the south to the north, right? Right. So, New York City started becoming a much more diverse place, right? More black people mm-hmm. and, I mean, maybe brown people, but probably not at that well, time. Right? At the time, yeah, it's yeah. probably just you know, African-American, um, yeah, African-American so, yeah. people. Um, and they become a white flight, so they wanted to come to the suburbs, the mm-hmm. newly invented suburbs in like, Levittown, East Middle East kind of places, right? But the thing was, they wanted to escape quote unquote the black people, right? Like you know mm-hmm. I mean as as like discussing that sound, that was the mindset back then, right. right? So Robert Moses made the bridges very low so that buses couldn't come from the city to the beaches in Long Island. Right? And who uses the uh, buses? Public transportation. Mm-hmm. People who have a poor background. Right. And predominantly because of institutional racism for centuries, right? And keep in mind this is like Jim Crow time, right? Like uh, yeah, even yeah. before Jim Crow was ended, um was predominantly African American people. Right? So you see, you see what I'm saying? Yeah, like, so taking that into account, that's that's kind of that's kind of insane. That's, and that's the backdrop, right? So now the older people in the community, the 50, 60, 70, 80 year old people, mm-hmm. they grew up in that environment, right? Now you have think about it, right? Like you have these people looking like us coming into that environment, right? So at the very, I mean, it's it's like the it kind of ties into how gentrifying is now, where people of you know different backgrounds will go into yeah. certain neighborhoods and it'll drive out older uh, populations of people. Either mm-hmm. you know they don't like the new. Uh, you know, people moving in. Oh, they're priced up. Or they're, the, yeah, the price is too high. Yeah. But yeah, very, very similar. So, at this time, then, I mean, uh, when you were in high school, it was still probably predominantly families that come from those right. military yeah. backgrounds. Or, 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 or things, the property is very cheap back then, mm-hmm. right? So, even if you weren't from a, like, a G.I. Joe background, is that, is it G.I. Joe or just G.I.? I'm I not think sure. it's just G.I. G.I. <laughs> I think G.I. Joe's an action figure, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, my bad. <laughs> For anyone watching this in the military, I don't want to disrespect you. I just didn't know the, the name. But um, the um, it was probably like people in the military background mm-hmm. or people who just like were buying property at the time. Right. Um, and taking that into account, your kids aren't born racist. They only hear what they you don't even know what they hear at home. Mm-hmm. Right. So experiencing that and like even like the teachers. I mean, my, the, I never had a non-white teacher. I think in all of my education, public school. Oh, no, no, I had one. It was a Spanish teacher. Mm-hmm. That but that's it. like... That was it. That's like not really that yeah. diverse. I mean, that's either way. I, I don't think... I'm trying to think. I don't, yeah, I don't think I've ever had... Never? I mean, when I got to college... Actually, yeah, that's, a, that's but, a good... I wonder if I... I think I... No, I've, I've had a couple of... Yeah, I've had a couple of Hispanic teachers, I but I think other than that, I've never... I had one... Never, never, had, never had a black teacher, never had a brown teacher... In in high school and in middle school I did, mm. but I, I again my my high school experience was was also very different because I went to a specialized high school, mm-hmm. so a specialized high school is kind of and I think that's that's actually another thing about it that's probably the reason why I never had to deal with uh, racism in that form is because I'm assuming the high school you went to was uh like zoned like it was like for the area yeah for the, the yeah, yeah right, okay that right. that that makes sense because 
my high school because it was specialized it was only students who got in after taking the SHSAT uh, right, which right. was predominantly immigrant people yeah. uh, my, my entire school was like brown uh, yeah Indian people again Caribbean people South Asian Korean Chinese like it was honestly we had the opposite problem we only had two white kids in our school which is also why I think it's interesting to see where America ends up in 20, 30 years because you have to understand when our parents came to America they didn't have the they didn't kind of have the privilege you know what I'm saying of like having very high paying jobs initially mm-hmm. right and kind of even something as simple as like you're working at the PTA mm-hmm. right or school yeah, board yeah 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 like I always I, I'm obviously very politically involved right for me I always say even at a young age uh, I think when I got to high school I started okay. getting more of okay. the um, the kind of understanding okay. I, the thing is, I always love to hear myself talk <laughs> but like I, I remember like, that's actually six, you're the first person that I've heard say that most yeah. people when I talk to them they're like I hate hearing myself talk I personally hate my hearing myself talk no no I hate hearing myself talk oh, okay, I, I okay. love being okay. able to talk being able to yeah, talk yeah, right. I'm like, like you, you see right, what I'm saying yeah. um, but you know it's kind of funny the, the duality of me not being able to speak literally mm-hmm. and but the, the desire yeah, to right um, which is also something I've had to unpack growing up too mm-hmm. but um, what was it was I you're talking about uh, high school so your political roles oh right right right, right. High school. I always say that you know if you want to get involved in the community like, like in politics mm-hmm. run for school board right like in my neighborhood I think you need a thousand votes to win there's over a thousand Muslim people in my community easily doable right and the reason why our you know Asian or Muslim or whatever or minority backgrounds aren't mm-hmm. represented like in the faculty or like eat this in the holiday or these kind of things like something, something like that is because the people, people who show up on school board are white people yeah right and the people who show up to the school board meetings are white people mm-hmm. so that's what the football team makes more money and so on and so forth mm-hmm. right our research department at my school had one um, what do you call those things um, not microscope it was like a special some special kind of microscope or whatever okay. that was it and football team had like a Gatorade thing and like this thing and that thing. And, and just because people representing the school were right. you know, kind of making the, the funding go towards the, the towards principal of my yeah. school was a former quarterback of the high school. Oh, there you go. So, you see what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah. Um, so, why I'm excited to see where Americans are in 20, 30 years is once we, because our parents, you know, this is not to blame them, they just didn't know, but like mm-hmm. we understand how the game is kind of played here. One second. Yeah, just keep going. Like, they didn't. Like, understanding, because the game is very different than the game back in Pakistan or Bangladesh or India, mm-hmm. right? So I'm excited to see where we end up in 20, 30 years when we get older, we understand the game, right. and how to manipulate that game to kind of work in everyone's favor, not just in the favor of the few people who have that privilege. Right, right. I was talking about, uh, I don't know if you got to finish the conversation I had with Rihat, but when I talked to Rihat the other mm-hmm. day, we ended it off talking about how there's more of a population today that wants to represent the community. Right. And I think a big part of that is because more people are becoming established enough to have the time to go out of their way and represent their community. Because um, no matter what, even though it's you know not you know a full time job, it does take it's a, a lot, lot of time. It's gonna take a lot of time to really represent a community, and also on top of that, to properly represent a community, because mm-hmm. you need to go out, talk to people, and figure out you know feel the pulse of the community. That's yeah, yeah, exactly. And also, I think a big part of that is now there's uh, more integration between the community itself. I was talking to you about this last week. Was uh, when my parents were originally here, so my parents came here in the nineties. Um, well, my mom came in the 90s, and she was talking to me about, me about you know, trying to find uh, you know, fellow Bengali people, people in the community that she could talk to. And back then, it was difficult. You, she couldn't find anyone that was you know, from the same background. So whatever she did, she'd find comfort in it. And now you go to Astoria in like, you know, Stanway. Yeah, and it's, it's all Bengali people. <laughs> full, full of it's, it's too many Bengali people. <laughs> Jackson Heights, bro, is we out here. It's, it's, it's crazy. <laughs> and uh, I think that's a big reason why you know, they're... They're not. They have like they have strength in numbers now, mm-hmm. and because of that, they'll have the confidence of like you know you can't just kind of push out, you know, one of us because there's so many of us. Mm-hmm. You know, there's some there's someone to, and I talked to Ray about this like someone to support you. You know, having a support system, mm-hmm. and I think that's crucial. A dollar made in the, in the Bengali Muslim community is a dollar spent in the Bengali Muslim community. Yeah, so like yeah. we, we can kind of, and this is where communities have have come to America have always found success, right? So mm-hmm. when the Irish first came or the or, or the Jewish people first came. They experience a lot of the same racism that we do. Yeah. Right. But what, what they start forming enclaves where, like, they would create their own small businesses and, like, mm-hmm. their lawyers would represent them and their doctors would treat them when other right, people right. didn't want to do, the, do that. Right? Investing in the yeah. community itself. Like, it's self fulfilling. Exactly. So, like, you didn't necessarily need those people who want to bring you down. You didn't need their money. Mm-hmm. And that's a very powerful thing. Because, right, when, when you need someone's money, your hands are tied. Yeah. And once your hands are freed from that financial burden and financial need, they're the able to do art. They're able to do politics. They're able to do yeah. things that make you more in the mainstream. Mm-hmm. In the same way that um, Irish people and Italian people and Jewish people in America have become more mainstream, you know, I think the next 20, 30 years, being Muslim or being brown, will be the same way. Right. It's just a matter of time. And you know, it kind of sucks that we have to be the 
generation to go through that, but it's also a great opportunity for us. Yeah, that's, that's the more... I think it's difficult to look at it for some people, but I think that's it's a more important yeah. thing and it's a way that people should look at it is that... And this is one of the reasons why I always thought content creation would be cool for someone like me is because there's a niche there mm-hmm. right now. And there still is. You know, there's a bubble only, right there. We can, yeah. yeah. And there's only a few people that have filled it so far. And I want to say Hassan Minaj is one. Riz Ahmed and, has to be one. And then who? Riz Ahmed. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's, that's one. Um, Aziz Ansari is up there. Mindy Kaling has to be Mindy Kaling, right? And it's like, the thing is, you can you can name them off. You can put them on your fingers, and there's only a couple of them mm-hmm. that are really there in big roles. And that just means that there's opportunity K- K- there. Kumail Nanjiani is also one. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, that, I mean, there's there's a lot of space. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? And I, it, it, to me, that was always just like an opportunity. It wasn't, mm-hmm. you know, that it's not going to happen. It was like, there's there's chance there. And on top of that, again, this goes back to uh, the video I was watching with Rob Lipset. He was talking about content creation. He goes, with the technology that everyone has today, you can do anything you want, whenever you want. Mm-hmm. It's literally the power is in your hands. And it's you have no excuse. Yeah. Like, the thing is, from, from my podcast that I have, right? What do we do? We have literally, you need Skype. Mm-hmm. You need a laptop or an iPhone or whatever, some kind of phone. And we bought the program to record it for like $40. Right. So, like, and it requires minimal editing. Mm-hmm. And we put it out there. So, like, yeah, I mean, it's not professional grade, like, with drones and these kind of things, right? <laughs> but, but the entry cost is very low. Entry cost is very low. And the thing is, people find a lot of value in our conversation. Same way right. people find a lot of value in your conversation, then they set up when you're, when you're in your room. Yeah. We're not I mean, some... me and you had a two-minute conversation about my shoes being yeah. in the background. It's not, it's not, you a know, big, it's it, content getting out there. You know, at the end of the day, it's, because I feel like people are too scared about entering mm-hmm. than they are about kind of fulfilling what they want to do when they enter. Yeah. And I mean, it is it is difficult. Uh, I mean, the first I, steps are hardest. First yeah, step and uh, this is kind of like what I wanted to talk to you about uh, your podcast. Is yeah. you're the first person I've had on here who really focuses on uh, content creation. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, it's it's uh, you know I kind of want to talk about like why and like how you made that leap. Sure. That first step is is very mm-hmm. difficult. Um, there's a fine line of putting yourself out there where it's right in between like confidence and like cockiness. Yeah, like, yeah, see, you already yeah, knew yeah. what I was going to say. Braggadocio, right? Like, look at me, bro. Like, yeah, like, yeah, exactly. It's like yeah. when you put your content out there, when you start talking and you start doing things, when you're just starting, people people have this innate uh, thought of, you know, who do you think you are? And even if even if you're trying your best to be neutral mm-hmm. and like not, you know, boaster in any way whatsoever, like you want to produce something yeah. that will help, it doesn't matter. Like, if you cross this like little line, like you took one step too much. What about vlogging, right? Like if one of our friends starts vlogging, Right? You're gonna, you're We're gonna you're, be like, bro, you fool yourself. You know what I mean? Like, exactly. What do you want to about you bring a camera to your hook a lounge and smoke a hookah? Like, come yeah. on, bro. But but if it provides yeah. if it provides use to someone out there, that, that that's supply that, and demand. No, but that's that's a key point you talk about right there, right? Where it's all about value. Yeah. Okay. Right. Great. So if I walk around with a camera all day and you see me just like play, you know, playing basketball and these kind of things, you're not really gaining much from that, mm-hmm. right? And everyone's busy, so no one's gonna be watching my 30 minute video of me playing basketball or me right. like solving math equations, mm-hmm. right? But the podcast that we have, right, what Muslims look like, is it kind of supposed to highlight people in our community and what the cool stuff they're doing. Mm-hmm. So it provides value to that person because obviously they get a platform to talk about it, right? And maybe someone's watching, and like, it's happened before. Someone's watching, like, yo, bro, that's so cool. I mean, my friend, I mean, probably hit you up about yeah, it. Yeah, because because well, that was so dope. He he told you. I mean, he he felt it. He's not even you know part yeah. of the Muslim community, but he felt it. He knew that it was something that definitely needs to be put out there. Because again, like we said, there's a little like opportunity right. spot. There's a bubble of and you got before birth to be filled. Yeah. yeah. And I think it's important to, to you know try to do that. It's just difficult because you know when you take that step, when you make your first Facebook page, your first post, your first like whatever mm-hmm. it may be. It, it's it's there's that like there's that obstacle of like do do I need to do this or do I but, want but to do this? But here's the thing though, I didn't feel that for this, and the reason why is because even for my like Huffington Post series, I used to do mm-hmm. where I used to, like profile people, is because it wasn't about me, right? Right. This is not like what Ayan looks like, mm-hmm. right? Or well, I wasn't writing my Huffington Post series interviewing myself, right? So I'm talking about someone else. It's and this, I recommend this for everyone who's trying to create content is interview people you look up to, mm-hmm. right? Because, you know, we think that, you know, so-and-so person is unattainable to us, we, can, we can't reach them or whatever. You'd be surprised. Right. I mean, we, like, we talked about yeah. this last week too, is that you yeah. just... You I DM, DM people, people, bro. Like, you know, I slide in the DM <laughs> in, 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 in the more halal manner, right? Um, but, you know, and a lot of people are like, hey, yo, we're done, done. Yeah. Right? And it's a great network because, for example, the first guest I had on my podcast was um, Faraz and Shamir who created, like, they're YouTubers um, and I interviewed them from a Huffington Post series a couple, mm-hmm. a couple of weeks before that. Right and now that they look some like some you know good friends of mine and we collaborate all the time on different things. Right. So I think creating content for yourself and that's fine. Like I'm nothing like that. Like I I make music whatever too. But at the end of the day, like also understand that like we don't owe anyone anything. But at the same time, like if you're providing value to other people, 
The same with Gary, Gary Vaynerchuk, right? Right. Why is he popular? He right. he gets. I mean, for some people, you know, some people hate him. He's yeah. Annoying. He he has no value to some, but to others, there there's value. They, people, they people, see something. People in. put their post notifications on, and reply sixty second club to all his posts. Yeah, yeah. Or yeah. watch his like two hour podcast religiously. Mm-hmm. Right, and that's only because like people will call in. Like one guy called in one time, when actually Hasan Minhaj is on actually on um, Gary's show. Yeah, yeah, yeah oh, okay. on his podcast. And someone called in. It's like this Indian dude saying, "I'm doing stand up. I'm from India. I'm doing stand up comedy in Arizona." And Gary's like, okay, give me a contact information. I'll show up to your show in New York. Damn. You see what Damn. I'm saying? Like, things like that, right? Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, after I also realized I'm in a privileged situation where, like, I am the president of the student government. Right. Right? And, like, that, that comes with some level of, like, respect in, in, yeah, in that, yeah. right? So, like, I think people will be willing to give me a chance, but mm-hmm. they wouldn't be other people. And, like, I, I, that's awesome. But at the same time, like, I have to use that... With privilege great, to, to you know I want to not to quote Spider-Man but with great power yeah you know, no, right, right, right. You, know, you know what I mean like <laughs> I can't use that you know that platform then to just talk about myself all the time because mm-hmm. I think I'm kind of doing good stuff for myself anyway and I think people around me know that like right. you know or not, not know that I'm good but like that's kind of like egotistical I mean like, I mean, like they, they know what I'm they, they understand they, they, not yeah. know but they, they understand yeah. what you're trying to do and I think that's that's the crucial part of right. not crossing the lines like staying in between of mm-hmm. confident and cocky is just letting people know that what you're doing isn't just for you like you're trying to provide something and I mean that that just, you know, makes sense I think in America's economy we, we also talk about this is, is America's economy is a supply and demand economy mm. it's one of the, the it's a one of a kind economy where it doesn't matter what you're doing doesn't matter you know where you started if you are supplying something that someone else needs and the demand is fulfilled and you know you're, we're both economics majors mm. we know this yeah. is, is, it's well, going it, to work the, out the, the internet also is such a like an equalizing playing field right because like Hasan Minhaj those videos I was talking about when I was like 10 years old mm-hmm. Right, he was in California. Right, you could right. meet someone. I possibly, found YouTube videos from he was in California. I was in New York watching the videos. Yeah, right, and people from maybe like Pakistan watching the. Who knows? You know what I mean? Like, right. so for anyone watching this that's scared of that first step, I think take that first step, kind of not like taking someone else's idea, but like leveraging that to your advantage. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. interviewing them, right, and like as you start interviewing them, you'll find that opportunities will come your way. I mean, this this yeah. is an opportunity for me, and like I, I mean, I didn't think I would be talking to you, but I mean, the, the way I contacted you was through Rehat on, mm-hmm. the, on the last one. I mean, I talked to him, and you know, I knew that you were doing something similar, mm-hmm. and I wanted to talk to you, and I didn't really have like I, I knew you through Justine, but I didn't really have the best in of right, communications. Right. But he gave me your number. He told you that you know I would be hitting you up, and you know you're here. It's been this is the third conversation we've had. You know. Also, I, I think it's important too, and we're talking about the the fine line. Yeah. Is. Like don't take it take it too seriously. You know what I mean? Like where people like, like I um, I'm connected with many like student government presidents across SUNY mm-hmm. and people like that. And it's funny because there's some people who are like very gracious with the time. They'll be like, yeah, you know, let's 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 grab coffee one day or you know let's FaceTime and just like just to talk or whatever, right? And other people, you know, they have an agenda and they mm-hmm. talk to you up like I want to do this this and this with you, right. and like I'm too busy to talk to you otherwise, right? Like understand that you know like like yeah you 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 could be like you know a great, you know, singer or rapper or, like, politician or whatever, at the end of the day, you're a human being, too, right? right? And, like, you, like, you were in that same place as someone reaching out to you, like, yesterday. Yeah. You know, so, I think the braggadocio think- comes into the play of, like, oh, yeah, you know, like, if you're, like, some some um, famous people, right? Like, if you ask them for a picture, they'd be like, no. Right, right. Would, would it really hurt you just to take a selfie with this person? Like, yeah. you know? I think some people forget that, and I think it's, I also this is this is one part where it's like I kind of want to blame social media for it is that there's a point where we have kind of see we see some of these people and it's almost unreal mm-hmm. like you know the level of person that they are I, and it sounds weird to say but, but they're a human being beyond the camera yeah right? you know what I mean like you, you see all these posts and sometimes it looks like you know so I don't want to I don't want to say fake but it seems like I, I like using unreal it's just like it seems like they're kind of unreachable but they are at the end of the day another human being they're a human being yeah. And the most important thing, I think the best way to put it is, like, they're just as susceptible to anything happening to them mm-hmm. as anyone else. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, like, the important baseline to know. I think it really, the, the key word is humility and value, mm-hmm. right? Like, understanding that, you know, you're, like, even if your podcast pops off tomorrow, right? And then you start getting, like, you know, a million views and, nice. you know, whatever, right? <laughs> or let's say, like, I don't know, someone listens to my rap song, they sound like OVO or whatever, right? <laughs> At the end of the day, like, you know, we were once... Kids grow up like on Long Island and Queens. Yeah. We were once kids in college, not really know what we were doing with our right. lives. 
know what I'm saying? We were, you know, once that kid who had, like, you know, diarrhea and his mom needed to wake up. You know what I'm saying? Like, like you, you know, like, we, we were all uh, experiences. Uh, Joe Rogan puts it the best. And this is one of his, his things. Who that is we, this? Joe Rogan. Oh, I haven't heard of You've never heard no, Joe Rogan's no. podcast? You've got to listen to Joe Rogan. He's, he's honestly, he's one of the main reasons why I started podcast is because he's providing me so much knowledge and information sure, I'll, I'll check him out. um but he talks he just talks to like amazing guests just from all over the, the spectrum of people and like high-end guests i think he's the largest podcast out there to be honest but um one of the things he says that really always stood out to me and he says this a lot is that when you stop looking at people as people and you start looking at them like babies mm-hmm. that's when you try to that's when you truly understand you know empathy on a, on a different mm-hmm. level it's like that person was a baby at one point you know like there are things in their psyche and their, their psychology and their you know upbringing, being right. their upbringing their day to day that initiated because of something else that was you know out of their control and you know maybe they didn't choose to be like that but it just happened to happen and you know you never know what someone else is going through or what they've been through and that really like stuck with me and, and the craziest part is though it's like it's so wild when like I, I, um, maybe you've gotten this before or, uh, I'm not sure but like I remember there was one person who hit me up after I won, um, and they were like genuinely so happy for me, mm-hmm. right? Like, like any I could tell it was so genuine. It was like they didn't have any any anything else. They were just like, you know, like I was so like, I was like, and like this person's a very religious person, right? Mm-hmm. So like, and they, they're like, oh, I was praying night and day for you, mm-hmm. and like that level of love and empathy, right? That you get from someone else is awesome, right? And that inspires you to create more content or to yeah. Kind of yeah, achieving because yeah. like the same way like I genuinely like. And I said this before, like, when Hasim and Hajj gets this, you know, new film role or this thing or that thing, I feel like I got it too, mm-hmm. right? And, like, kind of, kind of feeling, excuse me, um, that maybe even at this, like, lower level that even one person got some value from what I'm saying or what I'm doing, that's awesome. You feel the impact of it. Like, I, like I'm not a rich person. Like, I don't make money off of this mm-hmm, stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't get paid for my podcast. You know, I barely get paid for my USG stuff. Right. Right? But, like, when a girl comes up to me and says, oh, you know, like, I had my period and I was ashamed, but then I saw that we had free mental pads on campus and I took one, you know, and, and I'm and it good. Helped her, you know, it was good. It was, you, you know, know, something that stuck. It, it, it was something that, I think this goes, goes back to the baby thing, is that something that affected their day yeah. and you know that, like, it was a positive effect and you were able to do that. Or maybe people who, it like, feels good. Yeah, maybe people who, like, will never even know you actually did or even who I am, mm-hmm. but if they benefit from it and they feel a bit better, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Like, that's what it's about. It's not about, like, making money or getting followers and, like, to be honest with you, like, yeah, if, if my stuff pops off and I become this famous person, that's awesome. I think the, but, the, a good part, or a, a big part of it, I, for me in particular, I don't know mm-hmm. if it is as much for you, is the satisfaction would come from blowing up or, like, you know, being a big uh, podcast or, uh, you know... Celebrity or this kind of thing. That kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Not because of the role itself, but the fact that I'll know that I am impacting and helping platform, so many people. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I always think about these big podcasts that are out there. Joe Rogan is a perfect example millions of people mm-hmm. listen to this podcast like every single episode millions and i know that i'm i'm one of them who has gained so much knowledge i know many friends many people who have and you know i, I wonder like being in his role like he he knows like he's he's helping he's getting this content out there and he knows he's being able to, he's capable of helping these people and i think that's just an awesome feeling yeah man, that's I, I think that's a goal for everyone right at the end right. of the day like everyone wants to be like well off and like kind of things but on your deathbed, you want me to think about the Ferrari you bought or, like, you know, the mansion you have. It's like, all right, like, I lived X amount of years of my life. Have I impacted people's lives in the way mm-hmm. I wanted to? And, like, you know, I don't want to be on my deathbed and thinking, hey, listen, like, got that rolly, you know what I mean? <laughs> but, like, what have I done with my time? Right. And even, oh, like, even, oh, like, nice. yeah. <laughs> but, but, like, but even, like, Islamically, right? Like, there is a chapter in the Quran where Allah is talking about... he. So Allah swears by time. Mm-hmm. And when, when God swears by something, you know, it's, it's a pretty serious it's thing, serious. right? And he says, Verily all mankind's at loss. It's besides the people who speak the truth and the people who have patience. Mm-hmm. Right? So he didn't say the people who, you know what I'm saying, like, do this, this, this. It's pretty much just like people who are honest people mm-hmm. and people who are patient and understand that you know you won't get everything at, at once and you may never get the things you want it might be possible right let's say I have goals to go into politics right mm-hmm. it may be possible that in my lifetime we don't have a Muslim president but and that's okay but I just want to set I, the stage yeah, I want, I want the momentum exactly. for it to be possible yeah I, I want to on my deathbed know that at least I create the infrastructure mm-hmm. that maybe someone else who comes 
50 years after me, it might be hard to right. do so. I mean, I don't know if you know, I don't know if they even keep record of this, but for USG, um, you know, student government, I don't know, we, had they ever had there a was, previous uh, South Asian or, or Brown or Middle Eastern president in the role? We we actually had a pretty, like, diverse um, array of presidents. Okay. Um, we certainly had a couple of South Asian presidents. Mm-hmm. Um and we had one president a couple of years back who was Muslim, I believe. Yeah. Okay. Um, it was kind of awkward because people were like, "Hey, you're the first Muslim president." I had to correct them, like, "Yeah, because like, no, it's not true." Because there was this like right after one, there was like this MSA alumni dinner, and so like hundred people, and this chaplain's like, "Yeah, you're the first Muslim president," and like I don't want to like correct her in front of all the mm-hmm. people, and I was like, yeah, "It's just good to go with yeah, it." Like, yeah, yeah, let's go with it. I guess. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you know, it's good, bro. Like, I'm I'm happy where I am today, and. And I actually want to delve more into sure. your role as a president. So yeah. I know you said you started off as an AMS Eco, right? Uh, Eco. In college? Yeah. In no, college. I was BME when I came okay, BME. So you were BME yeah. and... Wait, just BME? I was BME. Okay, so you're just BME freshman year. So I kind of want to go... Like we went over like the past years. Yeah, I want to yeah. go on your college career. Sure, sure, And sure. then how you kind of uh, sure. strayed away from the, you know, more of the educational path mm-hmm. and more towards content creation. Right. You know, doing all this, you know, the political stuff and all of that. Um, yeah, so... I, I mean, I guess like from a young age, my parents wanted to become a doctor, right? right That's kind of obviously. the goal. <laughs> um, and when I was like in twelfth grade, I was like, "Listen, like I, f- I find BME kind of cooler than mm-hmm. that." And they're like, "What the hell?" Right? Like, what, what do you mean by that? Um, really, even at engineering, they were questioning. Like, uh, well, I mean, like listen, it, it was not a bad place. Like, they wanted me to just have a sustainable like right, life, okay. right? And they know, they, becoming a doctor is pretty probably the most sustainable career mm-hmm. there is. You know, I mean, people are always gonna be sick. Right, it's always gonna happen. Um, but anyway, you know, I get to college. I, I'm in BME. And, like, within the first week, I was like, bro, this is not for me. <laughs> right? So it's like, pretty early on. Yeah, yeah. I okay. was like... That's pretty similar to... Just, that's funny, because that's pretty similar to Justine's yeah, story. Yeah, Justine's story. So when, when, when I talked to her, she said the same thing. When she came in originally, she just didn't feel it. It was almost immediate to her. And But know. see, for me, like, I'm a very, like... When I change my mind, I'm very decisive. Mm-hmm. So, like, right there and there, I was like, I'm going to drop chemistry... I'm a GPNC, uh, BME 100. So it was almost immediate. Yeah, like, like okay, I was like, yeah. oh, I'm dub, like, nah, I'm good. I think that's a, that's a um, smart way to do it. Because I was like, listen, like, and the hard part for my parents was, you know, and I, and I kind of feel bad for my parents to do this because, like, I didn't know what I wanted to do, mm-hmm. but I, I knew that's think, not what I wanted to do. I don't think anyone does. It's, it's a big thing. And I, I feel like that's that's a... I mean, it's understandable that they won't get it because they didn't have the choice. Also, my, I mean? my older brother, he was, he's a doctor, right? So he did, yeah, like... so he already set yeah, the XYZ stage and, for yeah, yeah, right, yeah. Um, but our parents don't really... Never had the choice. Yeah, that's the thing. Yeah. So they don't get the mm-hmm. idea of, like, just, you know, picking anything and making making it lucrative, you know? Making mm-hmm. it whatever you want it to be. And so I think what happens after that is... Like, and... and so I knew I wanted to, like, get into politics at that point, mm-hmm. right? Like, I, I knew that's what I wanted to do. Like, the summer before freshman year I was like at this UN conference it's pretty cool I think they actually got like a write up in the news day it's like a whole page feature of me okay. which is actually for like a 17 year old kid is actually pretty <laughs> yeah, freaking cool pretty, right pretty cool yeah, yeah. Um, so that, that was cool um, but I knew I wanted to get into politics so I was like alright that semester I took like some BS class some random random courses mm-hmm. or whatever right there's probably stuff that feel like the gen ed yeah yeah like it was whatever I don't remember what I took um, but then I started like applying stuff and like that summer uh, going sophomore I worked at the UN actually for mm-hmm. the security council which was a pretty cool experience um, how did you get that opportunity so it was pretty funny how that happened and like I don't know I'm very blessed in kind of how these like <laughs> like serendipitous opportunities mm-hmm. come out of nowhere for me so I, I always uh, just quick sidetrack I always tell I tell a lot of people this and I always tell my friend he, he's a very accomplished person for someone who's 21 he's kind of got a great career going for him right now and he always tells me he's lucky. And I always say that luck isn't, you know, it, it doesn't just happen. You have to put yourself in positions of luck. But it, it's crazy how, like, yeah, like, I think everyone gets lucky at some point. Mm-hmm. But not everyone knows what to do with that luck. I right. think I think, I think think that's the key thing, right? Because okay. I think we, we all have these opportunities in our life where, like, had we followed up with that person or whatever mm-hmm. the case may be, we might be in a different place. That's, so, yeah, that, that's true. This is, at the same time, at the beginning of freshman year, and APNA is, like, this, like, group of, like, Pakistani doctors mm-hmm. um, in America and so they wanted to give me an award for like this nonprofit work I was doing. So I'm like, okay, sure, I'll I'll come. I'll, you know, of course, like that. I'm so honored mm-hmm. by that. So the guy giving me the award was the consul general from Pakistan, um, who was in New York City. Mm-hmm. And he goes, listen, take my number, and I think you have a bright future ahead of you. And if you ever need anything, let me know. Right. So I was like, hell yeah, bro. Okay. You mean like <laughs> I'm gonna let you know, right? Um, and he goes, hey, listen, like you know, you should apply to. Because the consul general works with the ambassador to the UN, like they're very hand in hand. So she go, he goes, you know, you should apply to this opportunity. 
right? And I was like, damn, oh, okay, mm-hmm. right? So, so I he, he messaged you and he told you. Like, yeah, he showed up. He's like, yeah, you should do it. Uh, maybe that same day, maybe he told me afterwards. Okay. I don't remember which, which uh, the chronology of that. Um, so I applied, and like obviously, when you have the recommendation of the consul general mm-hmm. when you're applying to an internship, you're, you're especially like, especially like Pakistani like yeah, place, yeah, like yeah. you're pretty good. Plus, I spoke to them in Urdu during my interview, and they they were, they were the actually they're actually really impressed. Okay. Like, you they asked me, did you grow up in Karachi? I'm like, no, no, I grew up in Long Island. Mm-hmm. And they're like, several that's <laughs> like, like fantastic. That's really that, right. <laughs> um, so that was a cool experience for me, kind of seeing. Um, and I, I worked at Security Council. The, the UN is like has several different branches. Mm-hmm. I guess the most main or central part of the UN is the Security Council, where you have the like the US and this kind of country. It's like 13 countries, so there's five permanent ones, and I, I don't want to go to like the whole politics mm-hmm. of it, but um, I got to see like the world politics up close and personal. I was able to be around some really like you know the Secretary General of the UN and wow. stuff like that. Um, for like a 19 year old kid, that was also yeah, that's, I mean, pretty that, cool. That's pretty heavy at that age. Um, I think it's 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 so much. I think at that age, like it would be difficult to even. Yeah. Like, probably now you you think back on it, and you're like, wow, like I was in a pretty big position yeah, yeah. You know, at that age and like the coolest part was was like I had the same badge the ambassadors did right mm-hmm. so I could go everywhere in the entire place wow. and it's funny because I would be walking to the UN and tourists would think I'm like an ambassador ever right so they take pictures of me <laughs> and I'm like what <laughs> like, can I get a picture with you I'm like yeah you can get a picture with me sure why not <laughs> yeah. and like where are you from they're like oh I'm from Pakistan right like us Pakistani mission mm-hmm. oh he's an ambassador from Pakistan I'm like no 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 that's not me but mm-hmm. um, that was cool and also I mean on a resume, that's for me, that's fantastic, right? Like, yeah. um, that's able to open so many doors for me. And then I ended up sophomore year. Um, and by the way, at the same time, I was working in student government, right? So mm-hmm. I was interning for the previous president, Coley. Um, sophomore year, I became his assistant and chief of staff later on. Okay. I also began working for Senator Gillibrand um, in her uh, Long Island office. Mm-hmm. So I kind of started gaining experiences like that. Um, and yeah, I mean, that's kind of how I got more involved in the political end and creating content. Um, so wait, when did you decide on? So what? What is your your, uh, your kind of end uh, college major? Like what did you? End economics. Up? I'm a major economics. Oh, yeah, 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 so yeah. so you didn't go towards more like I think Justine ended up doing poli sci. She's doing journalism. Journalism. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, sorry, Justine. But <laughs> uh, she's ended up doing journalism, which is a little bit more tied into mm-hmm. you know what she's doing. Um, like how come you didn't choose the poli sci or whatever? Yeah. Because um, yeah. for me, I was like my day to day life is poli sci. Oh, okay. Right, like, think about, like, like I was working in student government. I was working for Southern Children Brand, working at the UN, working for campaigns, mm-hmm. congressional campaigns. That's all poli sci, real world. Mm-hmm. So I'm like studying that's kind of like overkill. Right. And like economics is a very interesting thing just to learn for your own mm-hmm. knowledge, but also like for any person who works in politics, like you have to know economics. You of have course, to know right? how the world works. Yeah. Um, and also it's a very light credit load, which is yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> a, a nice little plug. Um, but yeah, I was like you know all these things kind of coincide, and like I like math, so. Why not? Okay, that makes sense. All right, uh-huh. so, so you started doing all this stuff, and then it started just kind of, kind of snowballed itself. You yeah. Know? And like, one thing led to another, led to another. Um, and actually, the, the crazy thing happened right after I won, um, became president. President, um, Senator Gillibrand came to Long Island to come to an event, and like, mm-hmm. she invited all the interns to come to help set up and these kind of things. And so one of the staff, so we're standing like right here, and Senator Gillibrand is like facing us, and one of, one of her staffers goes. Oh, this is Ayan. He just won his election as student government president, mm-hmm. and she's talking to me five minutes ago. Like, oh, congratulations! That's so awesome. And I'm like a, like a blabbering idiot, right? I'm like, <laughs> it's like the most powerful woman in the entire United States talking to me. I was like, thank you, ma'am. I appreciate it. But um, no, I've been privileged to be in very like cool situations. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, like I've made those situations kind of become more than they actually what they actually right. were at face value. But at the end of the day, I'm, I'm blessed. Like, yeah. like I mean, there's actually there's a quote I want to point that out. That's actually one of my favorite quotes from the richest man in Babylon. Um, Men of action are favored by the goddess of good luck. Goddess of good luck. It's yeah. one of my favorite quotes in the book, and it's just, if you're doing something and you're putting yourself out there, hmm. you know there's always going to be a higher chance, a yeah. higher probability. Because if I mean you like math, yeah. I'm a math major, yeah. but probabilities. I mean it's literally just a game of numbers. Mm-hmm. It's, the more you put yourself out there, the more you do, the yeah. more likely it is for something to happen just out of the blue. The, the more shots you take, the better chance you know one your half court shot goes yeah, in. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's, yeah. it's a simple. The probability is not going to increase, but the probability of you succeeding one yeah. time will increase. Yeah, yeah. I actually had this conversation with well, another friend that I had here. He's a, a fr- this is a, a little off track, but he's a fraternity brother, and he said the same thing about like going for like girls and like <laughs> talking to chicks. It's like you got <laughs> okay. you, you, you got to shoot your shot. Yeah, same thing. But same concept. It yeah. applies to everything. It really does. Mm-hmm. So you kind of universal. But um, so so you, so when did you decide I wanted to run for USG president? Because that's that's also a big decision. Um. 
you know, I kind of always had it in the back of my head. Like, I'm a very like ambitious person, I guess. Mm-hmm. So I got to campus and I was like, how do I like succeed on this campus? Mm-hmm. And I started interning for Cole the first like first day of freshman year, and I was like, you know what? That would be pretty cool to do, right? <laughs> but the issue is that there was no like infrastructure for like. You know what I'm saying? Like, I didn't have an older brother that went here or anything like that, so I kind of had to figure out how the ropes worked or whatever. Um, and so I kind of paid my dues. I, I worked for Cole's campaign go, like the end of freshman year, became assistant afterwards, and I started gaining experience with administration because like, I was his chief of staff, right? Mm-hmm. So I was his, like, pretty much envoy, so to speak, to, like, President Stanley and administrators and faculty and staff, even just a lot of students. Right. So my name kind of got out there in that way. Mm-hmm. Um, and I started getting more confidence, too, because I'm like, you know, I think I can do this. Mm-hmm. Right? Because when he wasn't there, I was pretty much the president, pro temporary, whatever you want to call it, right? Like, you knew what was going on. You knew the inside the, yeah. and, and, you know, yeah. the functionality of, of the role itself. Yeah. Um, I mean, to be honest with you, I don't think anyone knew the role better than I did besides Cole. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, I worked, he was president for two years, and I worked with him for two years under Right, him. right. So I learned all about the budget. I learned all about the club policies, um, about how to interact with administration, so on and so forth. Um, and then I was kind of like, you know what, let's, let's give it a shot. Okay. Um, it was to be honest with you running was terrible it was a and I'm sure Justine would tell you the same experience like it was hard but it's yeah, she was yeah. I mean when I talked to her she told me it was it was grueling it was, it was work. brutal it was torture it was, it was just and I remember seeing her during those those, those weeks and she was just she was never around to hang out like you know like some yeah. of her friends like all of, my group of friends is very close with her and everyone will always kind of be like oh like hang out and stuff and you know, she just didn't have the time. And there's a point where we all understood, it's like, no, nah, it's not going to happen. Like, she's, mm-hmm. she's too busy. It's, it's just not going to happen. And the thing was, for me, was because so we formed parties in student government, mm-hmm. right? So, like, I had to form executive council and senators to run with us. And so, for me, I felt like this, like, this onus on me to make sure everyone wins, right? Mm-hmm. Because I invited them to my party. I, right. I gave them my word that I'm going to do everything I can, right? Right. So, I was, like, I'm talking about campaigning from, like, 8 in the morning till 2 in the morning type thing. Fucking you know what grind. I mean? Yeah, like, like, I was talking to everyone and anyone, like... Like, I was out there, right? Um, and I'm, I was kind of lucky, again, to be around people who were just as hard, hard, as hard working as I was, right? Because if Justine didn't put the work in to make those flyers, we wouldn't have the flyers. Right. I mean, they, were, they were really good quality. Like, they weren't, like, garbage. They were very, very good quality. Um, if other people on our party didn't come up with other stuff, like, it wasn't me. It was a team effort. It was a team effort, yeah. 100%. Like, I would not be in the position I am today if it wasn't for them going out and getting votes right. for not only themselves, but for me as well. Right, right. Um, and it's also just as gratifying knowing that a lot of people, especially in student governments in the past elections, they promised really like crazy stuff that never is going to get done. Um, and it's really fulfilling knowing that stuff I promised, we've been it's, able to get done. Yeah, it's, it's actually happened. Yeah. You can see it in you know, yeah. its physical form. And like, that's pretty cool. I think yeah. that's, you know. It goes back to the, I mean, helping people, you know, the positivity yeah. thing. So br- branching off from being the you know, USG president, mm-hmm. Uh, the last thing I want to talk about is how you went from, you know, your role in politics and all this stuff to mm-hmm. wanting to get into, you know, creation and mm-hmm. then focusing more on, you know, your role in co-hosting uh, What Muslims Look Like. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I've always loved hip-hop music. That's always been like, like ever since I was <laughs> like, maybe like, scary. yeah, like seven <laughs> or like six, I don't even know, like, um, I think probably my earliest song I listened to was, um, what was that Snoop Dogg song? Um... Uh, what was it? I, I, I want to say it's gonna be drop it. Like it's drop, drop, drop it like hot. Drop it like hot. Yeah, drop it like hot. Yeah, I don't know. I can remember that right now. Because um, that's that's like the most most well known Snoop Dogg song. Um, so that was that. Um, I remember when Fifty Cent dropped "Get Rich or Die Trying." Right. Right. Um, early. I mean, like, like you know, you know, what I mean, like that was the time where I was like, "This is awesome." Um, and I kind of relate to that, right? Because like, yeah, I'm not black, but the experience of kind of being persecuted for who you are, like, mm-hmm. I kind of relate to that on some kind of level. Um. And I always want to get involved in the hip-hop community. Um, but, like, I mean, like, I release music now, but, like, that takes a lot of, like, guts to put out music. Yeah, it's it's yeah. very hard to do that. But I was like, you know what? I'm a, I am like writing, so why not start a series and profile, like, young actors or uh, politicians or musicians or whatever. And so I started... This is your... The Huffington Post series. The Huffington Post series, yeah, right. Um, and the podcast is kind of the same way. I was like, you know what? Like, I think that I'm doing kind of on the come up right now and doing some pretty cool stuff. But I'm sure I'm not alone. Mm-hmm. So, you know what I'm saying? And, like, at the end of the day, I feel like brown people are like crabs. You know, crab crabs. in the barrel? Yeah, like, you know how, like... Oh, okay, okay. So, like, you see, like, when like, a crab... Is market and there's just a, the, the basket of them? Is that what you're talking about? Well, yeah, but, like, so when one crab is coming out of the barrel, right before they come up, another crab will grab their Grabbing, leg and bring, them, bring it down. Right? I always thought that was fucked up. Yeah, it's, right. cra- it's crazy. Yeah. Right? But I feel like brown people are like that too often. I'm like, listen, like, I'm all about... And I, I think, like, this is 
why I think people like listening to like your stuff or my stuff or mm-hmm. other stuff is because we're all about uplifting people, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? It's like the part of you, you sit on this podcast is not to talk about you, it's talk about other people. It's like about other people, yeah. Right? For me, it wasn't like, I mean, if I wanted to, I could just record a podcast and talk about myself all day. Yeah. Right? But it's about like, let's pr- big ourselves up. Mm-hmm. So I think that's kind of where my content creation comes from. And like in the future, like I want to make, make movies, I want to make music, I want to start producing, um, you know, running for office potentially, working right. for campaigns in the future. Like th- these are all things I want to do. And like, I know these are all like lofty goals, but like yeah, Russ, the rapper Russ one time, he said, um, it's easier said than done, but if it can be said, it can be done. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's that's profound. something else. That's yeah, profound, that profound. Right. He's, he's put out so much content. It's crazy. Once a week for the past, I don't know how many weeks. Know, that, that was, he has so much music out there. But, yeah, that's just, yeah, that's crazy. So, you started, so why did you choose to, I think we talked about this, you chose to co-host. So, was she a part of the original idea, mm-hmm. or did you bring it up to her? So, she's actually my cousin. Okay. Um, and she's also very, like, a creative person, she's majoring in film, mm-hmm. Shifa. Um, and, we, you know, we talk from time, like, we used to talk all the time just about, like, our creative passions or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I had this idea of, like, oh, maybe I should make a podcast. Like, that's pretty cool. Right? Like, a new thing. Like, writing is cool, but, like, writing's kind of boring, too, right? Because you're, like, you know what I'm saying? Um, podcasts are much more organic because we're just talking. And, yeah, that's that's a big part of it is, uh, you know, I was talking to you about how I wanted to do the YouTube thing, mm. of, like, putting myself on video and all of that stuff. But there's always a part of me that felt like it was really unnatural. Like, you see mm. these people on YouTube vlogging and stuff, and it's all, like, pretty and perfect. And that's not the real world. You know what I mean? But I think that's what's important. Like, our Skype things that we post, like, yeah. I look like... Like, I, like, you're probably me right now, like, like a bum, right? <laughs> but the whole point is, like, life is, like, we're college students. Mm-hmm. Let's behave like college students, right. you know what I mean? Like, I'm not going to be in three-piece school all day. Like, it's not yeah, gonna, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? Um, but yeah, but, like, like those those types of things that are on YouTube, the whole vlogging thing, the whole, like, you know, whoever puts up content up there, uh, I didn't like the fact that it felt a little less, like, human. Like, it felt, mm-hmm. like, kind of, like, made, you know, for show. And it's kind of like a movie, right? Like, yeah. when you watch a movie, it's suspension of disbelief, but I like to think YouTube is much more organic yeah, yeah. medium for that. And, and the thing with podcasts is that you're getting these stories firsthand, and you're getting them in, like, a real conversation. Like, this mm. conversation is a natural conversation. Like, I don't really know you that well personally, yeah. and it's not, like, a problem. And there's no talk. notes or anything like that. We're just kind of yeah, talking. Yeah, we're just talking. Yeah, yeah. I usually write, like, a couple questions, but I didn't even yeah. do that for this one, yeah. and it's been going fine, not an issue. And I think that's, you know, where podcasts are really interesting is the fact that it's just organic. people, you know, talking organically. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I think it's really crucial to get, you know, your content specifically out there. Like mine's more general. What I've been trying to do is just for college students, but I think for you, you know, trying to help the Muslim community and all of that. And like, I really didn't take into consideration just like, because, you know, we talk about our backgrounds, like my background didn't have as much of that racism. Mm-hmm. So I never really thought about it as much. That's interesting. That's a very interesting point. Yeah. yeah. And, and it's the same thing with Rehat. Like when he was telling me like his, his upbringing in elementary school, you know, his his kind of, you know, religious affiliations right. is a lot stronger than mine's. And that's not a bad thing or a good, it's, you know, no conversation. It, 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 it just is what it's it is. Just, yeah, it is what it is. And it, like, really goes to show me, it's just like, I didn't realize the extent to which it affected. And that says a lot for the people who aren't even, you know, from Muslim background. Mm-hmm. Like, me coming from my background, I didn't even realize how bad it was. Also, a, point, a, very you know? a very important thing, though, is a big reason why we started this podcast and called it What Muslims Look Like. Mm-hmm. Was because it's almost like, Ironic, right? Because Muslims don't look like one thing. They that, that, that was the whole yeah, point. Yeah, that was the yeah, point yeah, to yeah. that name. But also, in the Muslim community, there's a very big emphasis on the South Asian Muslim community, mm-hmm. right? To the point where like Black Muslims or Arab Muslims are getting erased. They're just disregarded. Yeah, especially Black Muslims. Like, there's a lot, listen, there's a lot of racism in the Muslim community. Mm-hmm. Like, like, let's put that out there. Like, I'm, you know, people will disagree with me, but I'll be very honest with you. It, no, it exists. It's a lot, exists, right? Yeah. So all we want to do is like we want to reach out to people who are from diverse, not only just races, but also just walks of life mm-hmm. and also like things that they're doing mm-hmm. we've had youtubers we've had politicians we've had um someone a, a, a hijab working in the nfl mm-hmm. which is like a super cool yeah, yeah. Uh, dynamic um today we had a photographer on um the episode will be on soon a small little plug right there no no you gotta um, play it. i'll let you believe a little um, bit at the end of the talk about it um and things like that mm-hmm. you know what i mean um and we want to we like we're talking to this guy have on our podcast soon who is in the US Army mm-hmm. actually he's a, he's a black Muslim he came from Chad and super this guy's a super hard working guy like this yeah, guy's story yeah. is fantastic I, I want to like kind of talk to him just to unpack all yeah. that um, and I think people disregard that is like our community is just as you know intertwined as, as anyone anyone else mm-hmm. and I wanted to bring this up I actually didn't tell you about this is that uh, not to talk about myself but like my dad has, has been in the NYPD for over 15 oh really I didn't yeah. know that 
Um, he he's a supervisor now. He wasn't in um he wasn't in, like armed or anything. He was, he was a traffic agent, which a lot of brown people do. But people don't realize this is that a large amount of the NYPD is from like the Bengali and Pakistani community. A lot of Bengalis, yeah. Yeah, and it's like, <coughs> you know, bless you. That's like the heart and soul of New York in a sense, you know. But people just don't think about that. Mm-hmm. Like, like, and that's th- so important too. Think about it, right? Like, community should be policed by people who come from that community. Yeah. Right, like a, a white guy pulling up to my house. Or like it pulling up Jackson Heights, mm-hmm. it's not gonna get the same re- reaction. In because what do police do? Police are there for situations that aren't good situations, right? Like mm-hmm. traffic violations mm-hmm. or like crime, murder, God forbid, whatever case may be. Right? Would you rather hear that from someone who doesn't look like you, or someone who relates to your environment, right. someone who grew up down the street, right, right, or your, you know, who knew your uncle? And and a big point that I want to bring up is that my dad, like I've talked to him about this a lot, is his him getting into a supervisory role. The only reason he got there was because he, he's been here since the seventies, so his English is perfect. You, if he talked mm-hmm. to you, you wouldn't be able to tell he like. You know, wasn't born here or anything like that, but he had to deal with a lot of BS getting mm-hmm. to his role. He had to deal with people, you know, not giving him like the time of day and, and thinking he wasn't up for the role. But that's because he looked like this. He, looked, he had the skin yeah, color. Yeah, he, he had the skin color, and and you know, he you know showed them like he's he has a high school education from the U.S. He can read and write better than a lot of the people that are in those roles, and he got to the position. And the thing is now. He's, he's told me this, and my mom's told me this, and, like, I've heard it on conversations, is that everyone that works in his branch, like, in the, the building that he works at, it's gotten so much more efficient because now everyone that works there that is also, you know, from the same background, they have someone that they can listen to and, you know, communicate and kind of... Mm-hmm. Um, he, he fills the gap in between for communication between the people who, you know, are Bengali or Muslim, whatever they may be, with those who aren't, who are also in the supervisory role. So he's, like, that middleman now. And because of that, the entire system, like everyone in the system and supervisors above him are telling him like everything's working smoother well, because and, of and, and that's a typical immigrant thing where you have to work twice as hard for half as much. Yeah, yeah. Right? And, and that's also why, like, I don't like the word diversity. I, don't, mm-hmm. I like the word representation. Mm-hmm. Right? Because diversity seems like, like an afterthought, right? Like, oh, like, all right, we need that black person, that brown person on board just so we can, like, have... Right, 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 right. Representation means, listen, like, our community is... 35% brown so to not have any brown person there how can we talk about the community then yeah. it's not it's not representative this goes back to another thing it's like it's pushing that's another scenario of like push and pull like you yeah. want someone to go there from pu- pushing not being pulled into it right. you know just cause of you know like affirmative action right. like, oh like we need this this color here right now it's more like oh like they wanted to represent this role they wanted to help the people and they got themselves up there and because they're there other people will vie toward look up and, and the same, same way like even like you know, on a much smaller level on this campus, right? Like, a lot of people who come from our backgrounds, right, you know, may see me in my role mm-hmm. and be like, hey, listen, like, if you could do it, why can't I? Like, I'm like, bro, I'm a, I'm a clown, mm-hmm. right? Like, I'm not like, I'm not a very serious person, right? Like, I'm not very serious right now, but m- most of the time, I'm, like, I'm, I'm joking around. And they're like, hey, like, if he can do it, why can't I? Right. Right? And it's the same reason why I gave the Friday sermon, the khutbah, like, a couple weeks ago. I'm not, like, you know, the best Muslim in the world. Right. But my whole point of doing it was like, listen, like, you don't have to be, mm-hmm. right? Like, God understands no one's perfect, right? Like, you're a USC president, right? I'm not, like, this is not a president of the whole world or the United right. States, right? Like, you don't have to be this super intelligent, I'm certainly not, right? But all you need is passion. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I think that's what boils down to, right? Like, whatever you do in life, in your free time, in your spare time, for your work, for your play, for your family, it's all about passion. Yeah. If you're married to me, you're not passionate about not gonna work. It's not gonna work out, right? If you're taking a job, you're not passionate about. It's not gonna, gonna work out. out. You're doing a hobby just because it's cool. Like let's say you don't like playing basketball, right? Everyone's playing basketball. This is a very you know a simple example. You're just going just to like be hype or whatever, right? And be with the cool kids. You're not gonna like it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Let's say you enjoy making music. Do that. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think the whole point is, if you yeah, like, you have to want to better yourself. You yeah. wanna, you know, you. It Pick has to be yourself. a natural yeah. desire yeah. to want to keep going. It yeah. can't be forced because as soon as it's forced. If you lose even a little bit of desire, it's not going to work anymore. You're going to lose that the, the, the want to keep going. I think that that's that's pretty much what it boils down to. Like you know, I'm not certainly saying you should become going to if you're in story book company, you should government. Like not for many people, that's not what they want to do. You want to reach just a little above where you are. Yeah. Just be a little better tomorrow than you were yesterday. Yeah, and that, that's a key point, right? Self improvement. Yeah. Right, and whether that's on a personal level, professional level, like spiritual level, mm-hmm. like listen, I'm not here to say that Islam is the best religion. You know, whatever. I have my personal beliefs. I think that whatever makes you feel like full, whether that's religion, whether that's spirituality, whether that's, you know, like Kanye West's new album, right? <laughs> whatever that is, use that to better yourself. Because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, like, 
who who am I to say my viewpoint is better than yours? Yeah, yeah. And I'm not there. everyone's their own person. Yeah. So um, I think that wraps it up. That talks about we've talked every point that I yeah. really want to talk about, even without any notes. But uh, I just want you to tell people where they can sure. find your podcast, uh, listen to you, and all that stuff, and then we can sure. end it on that. So um, my podcast is called What Muslims Look Like. You can go on YouTube, you search up What Muslims Look Like. It'll come up. I think it's like WMLL Podcast, something like something of that sort. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all that good stuff. What Muslims Look Like again. Um, and if you guys are interested in being part of that podcast or, you know, we're going to start using people's music in the intro and outro. Mm-hmm. So if you do something like that, reach out to me and you, you can find me. I mean, my intro and outro was made by one of my friends. I don't know if he can. He could help you. Mine's kind of weird. It's like a little elevator meter type thing. I don't know yeah. if you heard it. But um, he can definitely help you out. He's a musician and all that stuff. So I'll look you up with that. Dope. But uh, yeah, I'll link your like website, the YouTube channel, all that stuff, sure. in the descriptions and all that. And uh, thanks for being here, man. Thank you, man. I appreciate Good it. Good conversation. Man.